Putin, Zelensky, Biden, NATO, and Eastern Europe at war. You are listening to continuing coverage of war in Ukraine on The John DePietro Show. AM 1380, 99.9 FM, WNRI. Listen live online at DePietro.com. Let's go live now to the border of Ukraine and John DePietro. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It is Wednesday. This portion of our program, folks, it's brought to you by Brood Awakenings. I can't wait to return to the United States at some point, and I'm going to pop into Brood Awakenings for some delicious food, breakfast sandwiches, also, they have a great breakfast sandwiches and lunch and pizza and four great locations, two in Johnston, one Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, and also Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Discover the brood difference. They're just fantastic. And I want to thank uh, everyone, Brood Awakenings, David, Karen. They're so terrific and uh, supportive of the program. Folks, as always, visit the website, topetro.com. We have a lot of recaps. We have videos. Uh, you can see many of the people that we have talked to being right there, giving you the most in-depth, up-close insight on what is going on over here. It's all at the website, and that is depetro.com. And again, don't forget depetro.com, which is uh, sponsored by Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. Shane and Company, they're on my list of places to hit. I could use a stiff drink with my friend Shane at Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. I want to um, play for you is on Fox and Friends, and Rachel Campos is discussing what is happening. And I want you to listen to Brian Kilmeade because um, I think he's been right on the money with this. And Brian interjects and just talks about, you know, folks, this, this is false that the United States, I mean, I can't believe this was actually said on live television, but that we provoked the war. I mean, that is just absolute insanity. But I want to play it for you. This was on Fox and Friends. You're going to hear uh, Rachel Campos Duffy saying, you know, we never should have provoked them that somehow, I mean, this is preposterous. I want to repeat again, this is Putin's war. This, he's the one that made the decision. This is about him. Let's um, let's listen to this. Map and, and the areas that they have that you say could end up in this peace agreement, that's true. And that's why we should have never provoked them. I mean, they made very clear that there was a red line. The red line was a neutrality for Ukraine, that they could not enter NATO. And in the end, when they get this if they get well, this peace agreement, in the end, that's probably going to end up being the case anyway. No, I bet ten. I bet. I bet you that one of the conditions will have to be that Ukraine, you know, promise to remain neutral, will not be part of NATO. Well, and I'll I tell you what. You can never give in to what Russia wants other nations to do. That's right. Uh, well, you, you decide. They're going to decide. Well, you go we, into NATO. You go into the European Union when they're at their European society that wants that. Well, we have a we have a Monroe Doctrine, and I think we would be very concerned about this kind of action in our hemisphere i think he said keep That's it neutral false. and and in the end 
probably Ukraine is going to lose more land because of this. Again, the, wow. the, the main problem here, huh. as you see, and, and as we discussed, er, well, no, actually, the main problem is still China. And now we've Wrong. created a bigger block, China and Russia together. This is why our policymakers aren't thinking long term. Terrible. Provoking this, this provoking. war has brought our two enemies closer together. They no, no. provoked the war. Well, they had a red line. And we had a, an agreement in November they with a security a red line agreement. Other countries, Rachel. It's not up to them to make a red this line. Is, other this is the fate of the geography of Ukraine. And they could have remained a free country. We could have armed them. We could have actually. Right. No, no, you understand. Russia got their way. They lost their stooge in an election. The yep. minute they lost their stooge in an election, it had nothing to do with us. That's right. They took Crimea and the two Donbass regions. And they said, we're going to do more unless you put our guy back. We go, not only are we going to put your guy back, we're going to have more elections. And then Zelensky beats for and now he established himself with 70% of the vote. Why should a democracy give up because Vladimir Putin's a lunatic? Well, what is happening on the it's ground? It's the reality. He is who he is. That is exactly right by Brian Kilmeade. That is, uh, I can't believe the talking points there, that somehow Ukraine, you know, Russia drew the red line. Where do they get off? Ukraine is its own independent country. Putin doesn't decide what countries can do, folks. And I want to re- re- remind people, NATO, we don't attack sovereign nations we don't just start attacking people brian kilmeade is 100 percent right for her to actually state that well you know we provoked them and they provoked them that is all false that is all propaganda that is all talking points that is ludicrous he wants his land back and this business that he's deciding the the red line it you know he's exactly right brian it doesn't work that way It absolutely does not work that way. What do you mean he decides? He decides nothing. He has no right to decide anything like that. And cheers to that woman that uh, showed the courage, uh, her own anti-war decision. I believe this is her speaking, I think, with a translator. Oh. Oh, no, let's hear this. This was the woman that at the TV station. All right. I, I apologize. I didn't know that uh, most of it is in uh, Russian. Um, today is, in fact, well, let me just quickly play. This is the uh, report about the, the woman you were just listening to. She's holding a sign that read, No War, urging viewers not to believe propaganda about Russia's invasion of Ukraine. NBC's senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson joins us with more. Hi, Hallie. Good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. And just this morning, the Kremlin is now responding to that extraordinary on-air protest, calling it, in their words, hooliganism. We're talking about a moment that has now gone viral, with new questions now about what will happen to the woman at the center of it all. It happened Monday during Russia's main evening news broadcast. With millions watching, a protester holding a sign that read no war showed up suddenly behind the newsreader, interrupting the newscast, telling viewers in Russian not to believe the station's propaganda. The short on-camera protest happening on the widely watched Russian state-owned network Channel One. The woman was identified as Marina Avsyanikova, according to OVD Info, an independent Russian human rights group, which says she was detained after the protest. It's not clear where she is now. She appears to be the same woman in this pre-recorded statement released by the same group before the on-air protest. The woman saying in part she's ashamed that she was allowed to tell lies from the television screen. Wearing a blue and yellow necklace to represent the Ukrainian flag, the woman in the video says her father is Ukrainian and her mother is Russian. She called Russia an aggressor and asked fellow Russians to join anti-war protests to end the conflict. Only we have the power to stop all this madness, the woman said. Go to the protests. Don't be afraid of anything. They can't imprison us all. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky responding to the on-air protest in a video message of his own, saying, I'm thankful to those Russians who don't stop trying to deliver the truth, who are fighting against disinformation, and personally to that woman who went in the studio of Channel One with an anti-war poster. Former U.S. ambassador to Russia, Michael McFaul, calling it unprecedented. This is not supposed to happen in authoritarian regimes. 
Earlier this month, the Kremlin made it a crime for people to spread what it called fake news. The punishment? Up to 15 years in prison. Whoa. I think it sends a very inspirational signal that there are people willing to risk years in jail uh, to try to stop Putin's war inside Russia. And that dissent is being met with a crackdown. One human rights group estimates nearly 15,000 Russian protesters have been arrested so far. And the censorship on reporting in Russia is having a chilling effect. A Russian investigative news site reported this month more than 150 journalists from around the world have left Russia since the invasion in Ukraine started. Folks, what this is, and again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show, and it's very clear. Listen, China and Russia have set their sights, and they're willing to take land and kill people. And the United States and the rest of the world, this is the moment that have to stand up to them. Uh, if we want to continue to live the type of life and uh, existence that we've had. That, that's, that is where we are. This is, we did not provoke this. This is through, right now, it's just Russia and it's Putin. Uh, we, we know that China is definitely threatening Taiwan, as many people have said. But right now, it's, it's all about Russia. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Remember, they're open Tuesday through Saturday from 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Delicious Zapolas. They also have delicious calzones and pizza strips and sandwiches. And of course, those uh, delicious chocolate donuts and cupcakes and free coffee for police and first responders and for military, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. Look for them on Facebook and everything baked fresh. The rope. Stop in for lunch right now or grab some sandwiches and stock up. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562 24-hour emergency service gas boiler oil burner coogan heating 401-732-6562 they're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is recooganheating.com residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone plumbing heating and cooling from winter to summer Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago. Our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. Pure list. Petro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. Through the power of technology, and it really is amazing, I remain in eastern poland right near the ukraine border and joining us right now who is uh back in the rhode island area he's a columnist for the boston globe it is dan mcgowan and uh dan i'd like to at least just start off um march madness is upon us obviously we're going to talk about some of the other events and news that is in the globe but i am curious to hear your thoughts as someone that i was following your coverage you were down in new york you were covering the big east you were covering the pc friars um I, I was there in 1994 when they actually won the Big East tournament. And I remember yeah. at the time, I was at Mad living in New York, Madison Square Garden, and I saw Buddy Sancy, the mayor of Providence, arrived at Madison Square Garden with then-Governor Bruce Sundland. And I saw the two of them. But, um, Dan McCowan, I'm just curious, as you're someone that followed the team, and you've, what, what exactly, in your mind, what went wrong with the Friars in New York? Well, John, first of all, we should uh, it's not lost on me that I went and gallivanted in New York while you were in Poland covering a war. So uh, <laughs> thank you for everything. You Somebody got a better assignment. Yeah, right. Exactly. Good point. Um, you know, it, it, look, I, I, I think um, 
you ran into a, a, a I think PC ran into a very difficult uh, uh, situation on that uh, that Friday night against Creighton. The the coach for Creighton, Doug McDermott, uh, or Greg McDermott, excuse me, uh, he joked. I guess I, I didn't know he said this, but after PC beat Creighton on that Saturday night to clinch the Big East regular season title, he said, "Look, we couldn't have beat." Uh, he said, "I don't think anybody in the country could have beaten PC tonight." Uh, he said, I don't even think Steph Curry in the Warriors could have beat PC tonight. You know, this was their night. And, you know, two weeks later, uh, you know, Creighton looked very similar. I think they made 18 three-pointers. Uh, they just shot Providence right out of the gym. Um, and so, you know, whenever that type of thing happens, I just I, – I think it would have been tough. I think, I think it would have been tough for just about anybody to beat Creighton. But, you know – PC is an interesting team, right? They're, they're very fun to watch. And, and, you know, we've, I think all of Rhode Island has really been behind them this year. They have, there's no doubt they have been very lucky when they run into a team that gets a little hot, that can make big shots and that can uh, kind of push them around. I mean, that's what happened. Um, usually they're the older, you know, kind of more physical team, but they got pushed around a little bit. Um, it was funny though, John, you mentioned Buddy and, and uh, Bruce Sundland, you know, Governor McKee was in the crowd, you know, got, yeah. you know, made it, made his trip there and had his PC hat on and, and is a true basketball guy. So he, he yeah. you know, the game and what's going on and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was cool to see so many Rhode Islanders in Providence. One thing I didn't realize, John, this is the first time I'd been to the tournament certainly as a journalist, but also, um, you know, it'd been years since I'd been, been in the garden for the big East tournament. I did not realize how well Providence travels. I mean, it, it felt like a home game until yeah. Creighton blew him out of the gym. Hmm. That's a, that's just tough only because with the season that the PC Friars have had, and it's, it's really been dynamic and coming out of COVID and the student section and Taylor Swift and coach Cooley finally getting the recognition but it is tough when everyone's thinking like we're going down there to take the championship and win it. And then it, it turns into a blowout. My, my question, Dan McGowan is can coach Cooley, sometimes a loss like this can kind of focus the team and make them realize that, you know, how significant, how quickly this thing can go away. But what, what mindset are they in as now, now the tournament begins and now it's real. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that Coach Cooley uh, seems to be good, and we should, you know, I should fully disclose, I'm not there every single day. So, the, you know, how do I know Understood. how good of a coach Cooley is? I, I, I have no clue. One of the things, though, that I noticed, even after the game, you know, after that loss, he, walk, you know, kind of walks into the, the room with the, you know, the media, and he just kind of laughed it off and said, look, you know, I told these guys – the last time we got the doors blown off us was Marquette in December. Uh, we went out, we won eight in a row right after that, and it kind of put them on the path to winning the, the, the regular season title. And he said, I told them, we don't need to win eight in a row now, right? Six in a row. You just need to win yeah. six straight. And, you know, I, I, I would fully expect that to bounce back. And if you're looking at some of the analysis so far um, with South Dakota State, who they play tomorrow, a lot of lot of the experts are picking South Dakota State. They think this is kind of ripe for an upset. South Dakota State scores a lot of points. Um, you know, they they can kind of they're another team that can kind of shoot Providence out of the gym um, on the right day. To me, I think you've got a veteran team. I think I do think Cooley is pretty good at kind of at, at bouncing back. Uh, you know, they didn't lose twice uh, in a row at all this year. They obviously, they didn't lose very often. So, you know, I would look for them to come out firing. I think they're, you know, remember, South Dakota State's also traveling uh, east, whereas whereas this is kind of a normal time slot for uh, Providence. They put a lot of games at noon this year. So you got a challenge, a little bit of a challenge there. It's not a big deal, but a little bit of a challenge. So I think um, – you know, I think he'll have th these guys ready. The question is, is it all comes down in these in the in in the NCAA tournament. The reason why it's so fun is 
everything is matchups, right? It's just yep. a matter of do you get the right lucky draw? You know, does a is there a chance of an upset for you know your future opponents, things like that. But I would fully expect them to come out strong. Um, and I think the question down the line is you know, the next big question, kind of once this run ends, and you know if and when it ends, is going to be. There's going to be, there's a lot of big jobs open nationally and will coach Cooley you know, have to take a look at a Maryland, at a Louisville, um, potentially a Michigan kind of job. I, I think that's the next big conversation once this tournament is over. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe and Dan, it, you know, it's just, it's so crucial if they could just make it to the sweet 16. I mean, it changes the program. All these recruits totally. that you're talking about, you know, and talking to, suddenly you're in the Sweet 16. I, I just hope for their sake, for the sake of the state, actually, because it's really been a boost for the city. And uh, and I grew up, I mean, we were PC fans growing up, and one of the most exciting games I ever, ever experienced was in our living room watching PC upset Maryland to go to the Final Four. I'd, yeah. I'd never seen my father so animated going great. But at the same token, I'd like to say it shouldn't be lost. This is incredible that Brian right, in college, and that's the credit to, to President Ron Meekley, who he's the one that understood the significance of changing the dynamic of the school if he could get his, his teams to D1. He did that. Now, I know there's been some controversy, the player they ha- have, and um, and I, I actually don't have a problem with a player like that, as you can imagine, but this is so wild that the two schools that are in it, it's one thing that it's Providence College, but, but, but Brian, th- this is a turnaround. This is huge for the school. It does a lot for the alumni. Uh, th- this type of excitement, you you can't, if you don't have this, it's, it's tough. You're on the outside looking in if you're not one of the schools involved. Well, you're right. And, and, and to echo almost everything you just said, one, pre- President Makeley or former President Makeley, that's exactly right. They, they understood that to put Bryant on the map, uh, you needed to be in Division One. It's very similar to kind of close to where I grew up. Quinnipiac did the same thing, right? Went really embraced Division One hockey, um, Division One basketball. And, and really kind of, uh, you know, ha- has, has developed that university down there in Hamden, Connecticut. And, and similar thing here, you know, I, I think that plays a major role. The other factor is, you know, it's not just about getting to Division One; It's about getting the right people in place. You've got a really uh, solid kind of young hotshot coach there in Jared Grasso. Another one who will, my, my you know, I would assume will probably get a yeah. lot of big offers and, and, and make his move. But that's how that's how a, a school like Bryant is supposed to work, right? You're supposed yeah. to get the the young coach who comes in, does yeah. this for a few years, moves on to the next big job. That's a good story uh for Bryant, right? It, that's yeah. uh, that's the path for them. You know, you've seen that all over the country forever. So, you know, I think that's a good thing. Um you know, and, and it's funny. The the you're right. I think this Peter Kiss, who's the star guard in the team, he's got a little John DePietro in him. Uh, it reminds me when I play CYO basketball. Flexing after your layup. Yes, yeah. I don't he, know about that. But. He and they're a fun team to watch. And one thing, I mean, you know, the 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 rest of us may be a bit surprised that they're there. That team is not right. They thought they should have been there last year. I believe two years ago when, when the tournament was canceled, they thought there was a good chance that, you know, that they could have made a run. And so this team really does believe it should be there. Now, look, they're going to be, they play tonight in a play in game. If they win, you run into Arizona who might win the whole thing. So this is going to be a short stay for Bryant, but it is, it's good for the state. I think it's good to have a school like Bryant, you know, as a, as kind of a strong player. Uh, There's a good story developing in Bryant and and it, 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 you know, it's a, it's a tribute to a lot of folks, particularly Makeley over the years who really has built that university um, into something special. Folks, quick break, a lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane, to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank, 
and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508 252 3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe now dan governor former governor Raimondo uh was in rhode island last night spoke at brown university uh it, it sounds like you had a chance to interact with her a little bit sounds like it was a good forum with her and the president of brown president uh, paxton you also wrote a column though and uh, I'm going to give you a little pushback on one part of it, but let's talk about your column about two things that are kind of haunting her from the past. One is the healthcare situation and then also the Providence schools. Yeah. And, and this is the, you know, w- w- whenever Gina Raimondo comes back to town, you know, I think she kind of gets sort of the, you know, rightfully the kind of the welcome mat and the red carpet rolled out for her, you know, being at Brown last night, it was felt like a, Gina Raimondo alumni staff party because wow. uh, there were just so many people, you know, who are, who are friends and wanted to see her and wanted to support her all understandable things. You know, she just happens to be coming back to town at a moment where, you know, yes, you saw what just happened with the health merger. She was one of the people that really, I think uh, pretty significantly uh, pushed for care new England and lifespan to, to reach a deal together rather than care new England going to uh, you know, you know, being acquired by uh, partners in Boston. And so, you know, to me, that's a little bit of a stain on her legacy, especially if, if with all this uncertainty, who knows what happens going forward. Uh, and the other thing is something that's, you know, I've covered for a long time is the Providence school takeover where, you know, uh, I, I think she empowered uh uh, Commissioner Infante Green early on and said, hey, do it your way. And, you know, you're, you're going to go out and speak truth to power and we're going to have your back even when people don't like you and when they're mad at you, because that's going to happen. Um, and that all did happen. And she got a lot of credit. You and I talked about it for a long time. Uh, you know, Commissioner Infante Green and, and the takeover initially had a ton of momentum. But I think as uh, as Governor Raimondo was starting to think about her next steps, and then COVID, which is very real, but yeah. as as Governor Raimondo was starting to think about her next steps, um, I think she took the kind of the foot off the gas a little bit there and kind of left the commissioner out to dry. Um, and you've got to take over that is currently um, at least in peril, if not just completely failing. Wouldn't it be fair, though, to say that, uh, and I'll give credit to someone who was Mayor Lorza that was saying this was supposed to be a transformational contract. If, if I'm a Raimondo defender, couldn't she say, uh, well, listen, we were on the path to do that, but then I left and Governor McKee basically just gave the Providence teachers exactly what they wanted, no pushback, and even threw them $3,000. So don't you think it'd be fair to say that in some ways, Maybe she was inching closer, but then when she left and then McKee came in, it that's what really, you know, sidelined the whole thing. And, and really, it was not a transformational contract. And that's one of the reasons why they're stuck where they are. Yeah, I mean, I, if I were her, <laughs> I would definitely say that, right? That, there's the, and McGowan? there is. Okay. Yep. Uh, I, I, if I were her, I would definitely say that. I um, and, and by the way, there is truth to that. It, there is no doubt. Look. And we could talk about this. I'm sure we will. You know, the governor's contract with the Providence Teachers Union uh, did nothing to, you know, change the direction of the right. Providence School District. That's, that's a that's a flat out. That's that that's the truth. the The only thing is, is that I think uh, as I go back to, you know, and I remember you were harping on it at the time. Look, as Gina Raimondo became a truly kind of national figure as you started to hear her, maybe she'll be the vice president. Maybe she'll, you know, get a a cabinet level job. You know, you you had rent, you you had concerns, Randy Weingarten, very powerful union president, um, you know, was pushing back, uh, you know, behind the scenes. She told me she was, uh, you know, uh, you know, to to the Biden administration about how much they kind of had some issues with, 
uh, Ramundo. So I think uh, that's why I say I think she took her foot off the gas a little bit. I think she did hit, hang out the commissioner um, a little bit to dry. Now the commissioner is kind of, uh, I mean, pretty much despised by teachers by state lawmakers and she hasn't quite you know won over or won back a lot of parents and so you've got this situation where you've got a district that's you know it's still very much in disarray do i think it would be better i mean if gina Ramundo were here i i think she probably could have gotten through this and and, and maybe um maybe got a better contract maybe held out a little bit more but her leaving um, definitely yeah. uh, hurt this uh, th- this takeover. And Dan McGowan also, and again, folks, frequent Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, just when you think of the hours spent with these negotiation sessions and, and Fonte Green had to be there and back and forth, and then they're in the different rooms. I mean, it does seem like a, a lot of wasted time. I also find it intriguing that, and folks, you, you bring it out in your column, that the night of the State of the Union, uh, Governor Mundo was not in a, in a bunker somewhere in Washington you, that's the first time I had heard of that. She was actually in Providence at Fleming's having dinner with Senator Mary Ellen Goodwin. Yeah, this was one of those things you get wow. a little, like you get a little nugget of information, and it may not fit completely in the column, but I had to put it there anyway. Because, yes, yeah, you're totally right, and it's funny during her conversation with Christina Paxson, the president of Brown. Um, President Paxson said, hey, can you tell us a little bit more about what it was like to be the designated survivor? And uh, the the Secretary Raimondo, uh, by the way, surrounded by security there, um, said uh, kind of was very quiet. She said, she said, all I can tell you is that the role is to be outside of the Washington area. So she didn't confirm that she was in uh, Rhode Island. Uh, I got that from Mary Ellen Goodwin directly. Okay. Um, but she said you have to be outside of the the area, and you ha- you can't be you know uh, in large in a large group of people, and uh, and then she said, but she what, one of the things she did disclose, which was interesting, was she said you know there comes a moment though when it's you know getting closer to um, you know to the state of the union where they come to you and they they run through with you. Here's who will swear you in. Here's who. Wow. Uh, here's who will be your doctor. She said, um, and and she said that's what kind of hit her that this is kind of a little bit stressful. But no question, she was in Providence. She was having dinner uh, at Fleming's downtown. Dan McGowan, how did um, now Secretary Raimondo? How did she strike you at Brown? You think about two. It was two years ago, really. She was in the full throes of the the daily briefings on television with the pandemic. Uh, just a year ago, she was basically just sworn in and still brand new in the job. Now she's coming back uh, fully in with the administration. How how did she strike you last night? Well, something you have always picked up on her uh, and, and it, it is exactly right is that, you know, for folks who think, boy, maybe she'll be in over her head. She's a quick study. She knows oh, yeah. everything inside and out. So she's yeah. she's quick on her feet and that kind of stuff. I'll tell you the thing I was most uh, – I don't know if impressed is the word, but I, I was caught by was, you know, we all got her prepared remarks ahead of time. And I tweeted this out. I, she was way off script, um, staying on topic, but way off script. And what that tells me is this is how kind of, uh, uh, you know, sort of how prepared she now is to speak in public. You know, we I know we all speculate, is she going to, you know, potentially run for president someday, that kind of thing. What she can do now when she's kind of in, in front of a, a home crowd, a crowd that's going to like her, no one's going to fight her uh, for the most part in that room. She's very good at kind of switching gears or making a joke, uh, you know, or or just being a, kind of a, a little bit off script. You know, right. She didn't she didn't write this speech herself. I'm sure she had somebody quickly do it for her. And then she was able to kind of go off script and and address, you know, she talked a lot about Ukraine and Russia. She, you know, she kind of bounced around a bunch. I, I was um, I, I was just interested in how comfortable she is doing it. And and it shows you, I mean, it's a lot of the repetitions. Actually, we saw Stefan Pryor, the Commerce Secretary, a big, you know, big fan of uh, of Gina's. And she said and he said to me, look, that's the repetitions from COVID, right? She just became very comfortable being light on her and her being able to kind of talk very confidently. You noticed it last night on full display. You know, she's somebody who, um, who's been on the cable show. She's been doing lots of that stuff. 
she's uh she's definitely uh much much more much more comfortable much stronger than i think maybe she was three or four years ago absolutely dan mcgowan the, the daily covid briefings that really prepped her you can't practice that that's just something you do by doing it um it doesn't come easy as we've seen you know governor mckee certainly is gotten better at it but then there's a level where you just they just don't get any better at it but she um this that was incredible um, training ground for it and at the same time it shouldn't be lost on it's not lost on me with what you wrote in your column that there she is on stage at brown and from what i could tell her and the president of brown christina paxson they you know they enjoyed a good report you can i think you could also see last night how that healthcare merger came together because without question, Governor Mundo was on the same page as President Paxson. There's a lot of faith and trust there between her, uh, the two individuals, the two leaders. And that's how that really kind of, you know, came together. Yeah. You know, you know, one of the things that Gina Raimondo was really good at, she actually said this last night and it, it was an, it was an interesting reflection. So there was a very short question and answer period and it was, you know, submitted questions to the president. So they narrowed out, you know, uh, the, no one was going to ask a negative question uh, in that room. Uh, you know, again, a, a room of mostly fans of, of the former governors. Um, but there was an interesting question about, how do you deal with powerful people, meaning the president, meaning the, you know, the, the House Speaker, the Senate president or the, the, uh, the leader and, 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 you know, that kind of stuff? How do, you, how do you deal with being around power? And she said, I bring them along. I convince them, it's, you know, to be on my side. Something she was really good at as governor is getting people to be with her. Um, she could always make that call to Brown, you know, uh, and, and get them on her side. I always think, you know, it's a little known thing, but she helped convince pretty much all the major CEOs in the state to uh, to donate one hundred thousand dollars to kind of a new nonprofit that, you know, all the CEOs sit on. Still, this thing still exists, the Partnership for Rhode Island. And it was essentially, you know, a vehicle to promote her agenda right it was it was very bloomberg-esque it was that kind of thing she had that ability i think you mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation today buddy cnc buddy used to have that ability uh yes. in a different way to scare usually it was to scare people but uh but it, he had that ability what you don't see you know do i think dan mckee can get christina paxson on the phone yes i think that he can get her to do whatever he needs her to do I'm less certain, um, you know, similarly, I don't think the mayor of Providence can, can no. really move the big leaders in the city and the state. So she, she's just a plays on a different level. People respect her, even if they don't always agree with her. Folks, quick break, a lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro show. Have plenty of cold weather left. That's why you need to call Henry oil today. Make Henry oil your oil provider. 401. 401- Five two one zero two hundred four zero one five two one zero two hundred Henry Oil reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery online at henryoil.com a Rhode Island success story tradition since 1947 remember with Henry Oil oil burner service and installation automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing call Henry Oil today four zero one five two one zero two hundred four oh one five two one zero two hundred you'll be treated fairly promptly they're so professional they're just the best switch to henry oil today get your oil tank filled four oh one five two one zero two hundred and online at henryoil.com we're speaking with uh, dan mcgowan of the boston globe dan i want to jump around just a little bit uh no one has covered it more closely but where do things stand with mayor loiser in this providence pension situation Looks like we're going to, uh, uh, well, I was going to say, I was just going to stop myself there. I was going to say, it looks like we're going to see uh, a real chance that this thing uh, it passes through the House and the Senate. I think there's no doubt that city voters um, will, you know, approve in a special election the ability to borrow. And I should say, I don't think that means that the majority of city voters, uh, you know, are thinking very critically about this or thinking very hard. I think in a special election, you only get the people you really want to vote. And, you know, the people who are really into this kind of thing, I think you would get all the East Siders to vote. So I think you'll get the votes there. 
Um, I think there's more momentum uh, in the legislature than there has been in the past. It helped to have, you know, Seth Magaziner, who, you know, has flip-flopped and is now kind of on board or at least, uh, you know, cautiously supportive, you know, of this thing. Um, you've got it kind of working your way through. One of the things that, that uh, unlike in years past, that Providence is doing relatively well is um, really working over suburban lawmakers saying, look, this isn't going to hurt you. Uh, the voters are going to approve this thing. We need, you know, we, we need your support on this. It, you know, in years past, it's just been laughed out of the room because it's been no way we're not doing any sort of state bailout. And, uh, you know, that, that that's just not going to happen. Certainly Speaker Mattiello at the time. Kind of help Providence in this way. I think there's a chance it's going to happen. You've got a little bit of opposition. Former Mayor Palino is against it. Um, that hurts. I mean, he's a credible guy and, a, and a, uh, somebody who people listen to. But, um, you know, I would have told you when this first popped uh, uh, for, for another year, a couple of months ago, I think I did say, I, I don't think it'll happen. I'm less certain. I, I'm probably 50 50 now. I think there's a 50% chance it'll probably uh, pass this year. Dan McGowan, as you know, uh, Sheldon, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse has given endless speeches on climate change. I, I don't think, at least from Rhode Island, it really broke through. It certainly got him a lot of uh, ink and attention in Washington. I think he has finally stumbled into what could be his signature issue in Washington and the thing that people will actually thank him for when he's marching in the Gatsby Day Parade or the Bristol Fourth of July Parade. And I love it, as a matter of fact, if it's getting rid of the stupid daylight savings. I know. It, it's so funny. It's because amazing. For, for years, the, the thing with him was uh, the, the biggest bill that he ever passed was, was, the, was the loud commercials on television and limiting that. Right. That was a big, that was a big push for him. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, you're right. He gets a lot of kind of national, uh, you know, sort of progressive activist tension, but I, I think most Rhode Islanders don't actually think of him as the climate change guy. I think they just, no. some of them know, some of them don't. This one has steam and it looks like it could it, for the first time real. I mean, it is now past the Senate uh, uh, getting rid of daylight saving time. Um, and it looks like it's got a chance in the house. Uh, I can't imagine president Biden, you know, wanting to fight with, with fellow Democrats over this. So I think you're right. I think he, I think this is a big victory for, for Sheldon Whitehouse. And by the way, it is something that is, he can actually really call his, it's not like he's joining the club. He's talked no. about this. I remember years ago, I think I was still working back at maybe at go local prom this is a decade mm. ago i remember him telling me that you know daylight saving time is a real problem and, and honestly i thought in my head what the heck is he talking about um and now it looks like he's going to get a signature win and especially in, in the fall when it yep. really makes sense and i think he, he makes a very easy to understand argument at 4 15 it's dark as people are going home Darkness, certainly, you know, there's definitely a direct link to depression. Yep. More daylight makes people more active. I, I think I think he's actually maybe going to be surprised at the reaction. And it's one of those things he could say of all the hours I've spent on climate change and all these other bills and everything. And then this is the type of thing that gets people. Well, John, attention. this is uh, this is going to sound a bit morbid. Let's say this happens. The first line of his obituary is yes. the senator who who ended daylight saving time. I mean, exactly. That, yeah. I, I, I truly believe that. Yeah, and he's I think going to be surprised to learn these are the types of issues that cut through. The yep. Dan McGowan a year ago, I was praising Governor McKee. Look how open, the transparent he is. The COVID briefing is a regular briefing. Fast forward a year later, I don't know was either VQ so Mike Trainer. Someone was like, hey. If they want to talk to you, let them, you know, catch you for two minutes as you're walking to the car, leaving the the uh, ribbon cutting. I, I mean, I keep checking. I don't I don't think he's doing any full press availabilities the way he was. And wh what do you make of this whole body cam state police? And now he's saying you didn't even know about it. I mean, th this is he first said with the state workers uh, that was a misstep when they were the vaccine incentive. They still got it. This becomes, this is the danger, and I'll take credit. I said that right from the get-go. They're the ultimate in for penny, in for pound. If you give it to one, you've got to give it to all. But what, what do you make of his latest strategy, which seems to be very limited media, and also the fact of this latest now with the, the state troopers and the body cam? 
Well, let's one. Let's reiterate this again. You were right when, when the Providence teachers contract came out, yeah. and there was some money in there for the teachers. You said, "Don't they have to do this for everybody now?" Yeah, and, and it's exactly right. I think everybody, every union, even the non-union people, are saying, "Wait a minute!" You know, yeah. you have that money, and there is money available, so you got to give it to us. They have really stumbled along, you know, mm. on this kind of thing. And I think that tr- the, the the problem with it is that the truth is very ugly. This is yeah. no question that they that this is a great way to win votes. Uh, yeah. There is just no doubt, of, you know, about that. It's a good political move, and it's one that you know, despite all the heat that he gets, probably from from all of us. Um, you know, at the end of the day, voters might go to the polls and say, hey, that guy gave me money and, you know, I'm not impressed with everybody else. So there, there is a chance that it actually pays off. He just doesn't want to say that because it's really ugly and it would look, you know, extremely corrupt. So he, he has to find different ways to explain it. The other part that he's showing that is <laughs> that is interesting is, you know, it is not on. That in order to get unions to do things you want them to do, you have to pay them off, right? Yeah. So, so it's not actually that crazy to say, "Hey, look, I need I need the troopers to wear to wear body cameras." And I know it's you know it sounds like this should be a no brainer, and they should be on board with it. But guess what? They have a contract too, and I want them to do it. And so, in in order to get them to do it, I'm going to pay them a little bit more of a one time thing. That is, you know, an argument that is, I think, something something uh, lawmakers and kind of insiders would find to be relatively reasonable. It doesn't sound great at all to the public. And so he doesn't want to admit that part of it either. So he's in this tough spot where, you know, he almost just has to kind of take the heat for it. Um, and and he, I, I would venture to guess politically he is hoping, um, you know, he, he kind of wants I think the other Democrats in this race to criticize him because that shores up public employee support, right? If that's right, if, if everybody's saying these public employees are you know are pigs, which is not exactly what's being said, but if that's what they're saying, he gets to say, "No, I'm with you, public employees." And you know what? You're not, you know, voter out there in 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 Lincoln. You may not be a public employee, but your sister is, and she got right. a raise. Uh, that that's the move. Now, you asked the, a very good question about sort of the transparency of this administration. You know, the the interesting move now of governor mckee and this the the power of incumbency is you're gonna see a press conference for everything to announce big you know big things right he was in newport for cox is gonna spend all this money um he was in newport yesterday for that he's gonna be all over the place trying to do those things i think he's far less interested now in you know the 35 minutes of rapid fire questions oh, about yeah. anything in the press They're conference. Gone. He, he yeah. does not like those. Um, you know, once, once it, he got over kind of the, uh, I'm just going to say the, the, the kind of, this is cool factor of all yeah. the eyes are on me. Now uh, he realizes it's kind of painful. Uh, you always, you know, you do have a kind of cranky press corps uh, for good reason, but you do, you know, people are, no one's interested in covering the happy news. Uh, me either raising my hand, right? I, I don't, I don't mm. care when it's a when it's a minor yeah. announcement. I want him to answer questions, and so you're going to now have to catch him at events, and he's going to force people into. Well, if you want to, if you want to ask me a question, you got to cover the other, you know, the other thing I'm announcing today. Yeah, he's going into with this, uh, whether it's the vaccine incentive or the trooper for the body cam. That's what, and I forget who it was, but told me a long time ago, that's, it's called the, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And the old joke is, you know, at 5 a.m., the, the husband's coming in and the wife greets him at the door and he says, listen, I got home at midnight. I fell asleep on the couch. I got up early. I let the dog out. The dog escaped. And I've spent the last two hours walking through the neighborhood looking for a <laughs> dog. And the wife says, the dog died last year. And the husband looks at her and says, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> and Dan McGowan, finally, incredible uh, work by your colleague, Amanda Milkovitz, on the North Kingstown. Uh, this story has just got, still continued so many legs. It's, it's, it's really just appalling. The fallout, I think, has been appropriate. There's still different parts of the story still to come out. And uh, 
And it, it's one of those stories that's interesting because there's always new information and nuggets attached to it. Yeah, and, and you know what? Credit to a lot of the, the folks who are kind of helping to, to that are investigating this in North Kingstown that are really kind of pulling things back because I think for a little while there there looked like this could be a thing that everybody was mad about and it totally looked gross, but but maybe there's just maybe it's just everybody missed it. And I think there was a kind of a moment where it looked like there was a chance that this was all going to not go away. Cause I don't think it'll ever go away in that town, but kind of as a statewide issue, I didn't think, you know, I thought it might have actually been dying out and no, the, fo- the folks down there did the work. They looked at, you know, who knew what, who knew, you know, who knew what, when, and you've seen now the superintendent guy down there who was pretty popular and successful, uh, he was blown out of there. He's resigned. Um, I think you're going to see even more changes down there. And you're right. You know, it's a, I think it's a credit to, to those folks. It's also a credit to the reporters. I think Amanda Milkovitz has done a great job. Uh, Eli Sherman at Channel 12. Lots of people that have really dug into this and, and found that this wasn't just a weird coach, or at least it doesn't appear to just be kind of a weird coach. This, this is, uh, you know, much more serious than that. Uh, yeah. and, and I think you're right. I think it's going to, I think now, I think it's really going to continue for a long time. Yeah. And I still maintain, you haven't heard one person step forward that have said the hold on time out. That's the proper way to do it. That's the way we always did it. That's the way we trained. He, and he has, oh, by the way, he's also failed to come up with one person that said, no, the proper way to do it is to get them naked. And then that's right. Tap the inside of their groin. Now folks, even though I am in East, Eastern Europe, now it's midday. I start the midday. I read Roadmap, and Dan McGowan, if you'd be so kind to explain to people just by listing, and if they send a blank email, how it could start to arrive in their inbox. Yeah, you described it very simply, super easy. Send me a blank email. You don't have to write anything other than the address, rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com and you get new stuff from me we're looking today at the jessica de la cruz uh, uh you know congressional announcement sometimes yeah. you get a scoop sometimes you get analysis uh sometimes you just get something fun we did a lot of basketball last week we'll probably do a lot of basketball this week uh so ri news at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning folks he's dan mcgowan dan great job as always stay safe and we'll talk to you again john more importantly you stay safe thank you <laughs> thank you dan see ya Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health, because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesit Inn. Check them out on the website, depetro.com, the Coesit Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Located 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers, there's always a great crowd. You can to link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesit Inn, 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick.